A great business is nothing without its team. And right now, I know that you feel out of control as the business owner or manager, but your team, whether they'll tell you or not, feel even more out of control than you do. So it's crucial that you make sure you support them at this time to keep their morale up, to keep them healthy and positive as well. Or maybe that you're the employee and you're looking to make your next move. How can you best prepare yourself and stand out from an even more crowded employment market right now? Creating the spa, the salon, or the clinic you really want doesn't have to be so hard. Mastering some basic principles, put in place some key strategies, and that'll give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Then, throw in the right mindset, some proven systems, stretching yourself just a little bit outside of your comfort zone to boost those confidence skills, and understanding how to market your business properly, and your success becomes inevitable. Problem is, no one ever taught you how to do that, and that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast National Spa Week Specials. With over half a million downloads, it's the number one place to learn the skills to maximize your health, beauty, or wellness-based business. My name is Adam Chatterley. I'm your host, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And with the help of some hand-picked experts, I'm going to help transform your business starting today. Welcome to this very special episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. It's day three of National Spa Week. Now, all of this week, we're focusing on some essential skills that every beauty business owner, every spa manager, every spa director should know, especially in the world that we live in right now, to help keep their businesses thriving. Now, right now, at the time of this recording, spas and beauty businesses in England, as well as other businesses as well that are customer facing, are starting out another month of enforced closure as we enter lockdown 2.0. Now, elsewhere in the UK, similar restrictions are in place, as is the case in various parts of Europe, and maybe where you are too. Now, wherever you are in the world, we cannot ignore the fact that COVID-19 hasn't gone away, and it continues to have an effect on our lives and our businesses every single day. And possibly the most frustrating thing about that is the fact that so much of it is out of our control. However, if we're to learn anything from lockdown number one earlier this year, it's that those businesses that worked on their businesses, even while they weren't able to work in their businesses, were the ones that came out on top. So today's episode, like I said, is focusing on human resources and recruitment. But we're tackling this from two very distinct angles. First of all, from the point of view of the business owner or the manager, what can you and what should you be doing to support, to encourage, to nurture and motivate and even grow your team right now? How can you manage your schedules to give all of the team members the flexibility and the opportunities that they need? And secondly, from the point of view of the individual, maybe you were unfortunately made redundant as a result of all the effects on our industry this year. Maybe you're looking to level up your career and take that next step. So what can you do for you to give you the best opportunity, the best shot at securing that dream role that you really want? Well, fortunately, we at the UK Spar Association we know a few people, some people who are experts in this area, and we asked one of them to share their expertise with you today. Now, Catherine Moore was only on the show a few weeks ago talking about the Hall of Wellness Awards. But, you know, in her day job, Catherine runs Spa Connectors, which is a global force in spa recruitment and HR and someone best placed to share with us the insights that she's both seen working with operators and individuals over the last six months. So if you want to know how to best support your team, recruit for a new position, or stand out from the crowd when it comes to applying for your next role, then listen up. 
But before we dive into the interview today, I'd just like to thank the sponsors of our HR and Recruitment Day on National Spa Week, BC Software. BC Software are a long-standing supporter of the UK Spa Association and our spa industry in general with their luxury bathrobes and towels. Now, at a time when cost efficiency and savings are foremost in our minds, BC Software have helpfully launched the Smart Soft Collection, which is 100% guaranteed for sustainability and energy-saving properties. Now, whilst personal visits are not really practical right now, they've created some useful short videos which demonstrate the best use of the towels that they sell and their practical applications. Now, if you need any specific advice for your spa, please do get in contact with them. They're super helpful and all of the links you need can be found in the description for this episode or on the show notes pages, which are at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 103. Now, without further ado, let's join Catherine for today's conversation all about HR and recruitment. I'd like to welcome onto the show, or should I say back to the show, uh, Catherine Moore. Welcome. Thank you. Good to have you back again so soon. I think you probably now hold a record for being on uh, the show twice within like a three-month period. I don't think anyone else has done that before. So uh, congratulations on that. In fact, why don't you tell us, how are things going with the Hall of Wellness Awards? Really well. So we've just closed the nomination phase. Okay. And we're now in the judging phase. So the judges are working hard now to get everyone through to the next rounds. So we've got three phases that they have to go through now. So that's there's questions, there's a video that they need to do. Um, Then there's the one-on-one interviews. So pretty full on, but yeah, it's uh, it's going really well. Yeah, you you got an amazing response, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, the we we probably closer. Uh, over a thousand wow. nominations oh that's amazing i did, I did want more but uh, people <laughs> are like really you should be happy with that i'm like Absolutely, well yeah, yeah okay next year, year i'll aim higher yeah exactly. <laughs> um, amazing but no it, it, it has been really good um especially during covid and the fact that probably not everyone also in our industry likes to jump up and down and promote themselves and so yeah first year i think it's been great so far I loved it. Yeah, I saw quite a few posts on LinkedIn for people who'd nominated themselves. And I thought, that's amazing, you know, to have that, that confidence to be able to go, you know what, I I have excelled. I, I've worked really hard and I, I, I want to be recognized for it. I think he's amazing. Yeah, we, we hoped that people would actually want to do that. Yeah. And then and there would start to be a bit of momentum coming and people would see that it's actually okay to nominate yourself Absolutely. Um, or be nominated and then also like shout about it. Um, so yeah, we need to kind of get that going and I think in the future, so people are like really proud of what they do and are happy to shout about it. More and more confidence. Amazing. Okay. So thank you again for joining us today. Today we're talking about, um, a topic that's, that's very near and dear to you. Uh, we're talking about HR and recruitment, but from particularly from the point of view of kind of where the situation stands kind of right now. Now I must say that we're recording this to sort of mid towards the end of October, and it's going out in November. So things may have changed massively by the time this actually goes out. But I don't think we'll have necessarily completely left (laughs) COVID-19 and and the effects behind us um, yet, even when this goes out. So um, really today, I want to look at what are the things that both the operator and the individual kind of should be thinking about depending on, on the situation that they're currently in. So we're going to kind of dive into those sections in, in a second. But what I want to know, Catherine, is from your point of view, why why is this why is this topic so important right now? 
Well, I mean, look, it's important all the time. Hmm. Uh, and I don't think as an industry uh, we pay enough attention to human resources. Hmm. And uh, we generally just see the people that we employ as commodities and um, we need to be putting more time and effort into the process of training, recruitment, retaining people uh, because that's really what's going to be the, the foundation of our industry. You know, we are now yeah. worth trillions of dollars and, and we're not going to go anywhere without people. Uh, we, we can't become an automated industry. No. So we're going to need to have always have people and we don't seem to be able to attract people to the industry because uh, the younger generations now are moving more towards wanting to work in technology with technology, not necessarily be hands-on mm-hmm. uh, or caregivers as such. Um, so we need to be doing something to to really look at, you know, how are we going to get people to come into the industry or to stay in the industry? So for me, it's that's always been important. And I think we, um, we kind of underestimate uh, the people that we bring into the industry or have in the industry underestimate um, what they can do, what they can achieve, um, and we don't put enough time into nurturing their uh, development, um, their career plans and so forth. So for me that's always been really important. I think it, it has come from my mum. My mum was a principal of a high school right. and she uh, was always about um, taking people and like finding the best out of them and I only just realized recently like why I, I've, I'm so passionate about doing this but it's definitely from her but you know we, we should be doing this and so yeah. now we're in COVID we're in a situation where you know so many people have been let go um, there are a lot of people out of jobs but then also I can't seem to find people to fill most positions mm. so it's also quite baffling as to what's happening um i'm seeing that people don't want to travel um whereas before i could easily get people to move between countries for okay. opportunities um now that people are just saying you know what life's too short i want to stay with my family i want to stay in my region or in my area mm-hmm. um and uh, even if there's a great opportunity coming up people aren't necessarily wanting to jump uh, at it and then um, I've got you know loads of spa therapists um, that I can't seem to place anywhere um, and then yeah it's it's just it's an awful situation for a lot of people oh and then senior people mm-hmm. I have so many yeah. so many senior people that have just nothing and I, I I don't have anything for them either because um, most of the operators are wanting to hire uh, cheaper more inexperienced people which is again baffling to me. So, do you think this has really shone a light on on the fact that maybe as an industry we have taken the the people resources for granted? Yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely. I, but I think also how we structure uh, the um, employment is also uh, needs to be reviewed. Yeah. Whether it's we're looking at how do we work with freelancers or how do we do deals with people that have started to create their own. Um, I guess, brand or following or so forth. And I think that applies in places like the UK because there are a lot of people out there doing really cool things, whether it's, you know, microblading or lashes or makeup artists or, yeah. you know, facial therapists or what have you, they would rather be out there on their own because they can make more money than being employed and getting an hourly rate. You know, why are we not thinking outside the box and providing our spaces uh, for these people to, to use? Like, say, the hairdressing industry has done where they rent yeah. a chair 
things like that. We we don't even think about that. We're just we're so in the box of we have to hire someone, award wages, you know, Monday to Saturday or whatever the days are, Tuesday to Saturday. Um, and you know, these people are not wanting to fit into that box anymore. So, yeah. you know, we we really, I mean, suppose now is a good time to have a look at it and say, you know, what can we do to actually, um, you know, help uh, the industry to to I guess restructure. Yeah. I actually think also a lot of these freelance people probably wouldn't mind having a space to work out of some of the time. Not everyone wants people coming to their houses, not especially also with COVID and so forth, mm-hmm. being able to have a place that's, you know, really clean and, and you know, following the rules and all that. You probably feel safer being in an environment like that than going to someone's house. So there's lots of opportunities. So you think it's going gonna, it's gonna to force the industry to become a bit more flexible in terms of how it, both I would hope so. People. I would hope so. Though I mean, I've been trying to lobby these sorts of things for quite some time, um, and we haven't got anywhere. But maybe look, you know, we haven't had a, a global pandemic before, so <laughs> it's an opportunity <laughs> for change, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. So, what kind of you mentioned a couple of there, but what kind of conversations have you been having, both with with um, individuals that you've been maybe trying to place in jobs, and you know, the operators? What are the the common themes that you've seen over the past few weeks and months? Well, if we start with the individuals, yeah. um, I am being slammed with CVs, messages, uh, day and night, um, WhatsApps, LinkedIn, emails mm-hmm. of people wanting jobs and, and people wanting advice. Um, and, you know, it is actually challenging to be able to get back to everyone and I do I'm try my best, but it's what, what sort of advice can I give them mm. uh, because I can't necessarily get them a job at the moment. So um, what I'm suggesting to them is to, you know, look at their CVs and look at how they're um, positioning themselves. You know, and that's an interesting really- point, you know, what just getting real for a second, what is the quality of the CVs that are coming through? If you, without, without kind of singling out any, but what, you know, would you say the quality of CVs that are coming through are, are, are put together well? Um, or oh, there, I mean, there are some that are great. So it just depends on the position and the nationalities and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. More of the senior people, they're, they're great. Um, you know, I do think generally speaking, though, um, CVs could be looked at and uh, improved a little bit. Uh, yeah. So that certainly is something. Um, is that because people stick to the very traditional way of doing a CV and they could be kind of more modernised or...? Yeah, what do you kind of mean this, by that? this is one point, but also the fact that they don't use a spell checker or um, right. check dates or, you know, <laughs> format their CVs properly or, you, you know, you can't read it or, you know, there, there are a lot of lot of challenges that we uh-huh. have with um, doing recruitment in our industry. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's taking care and, and pride in your work, right? So you yep. send out a CV, you want to make sure that someone um, – is going to be able to firstly understand it, but secondly, that the dates match up of your employment, mm. that you've got the right contacts for references, that you've got your right qualifications and all that sort of thing. Because, you know, as soon as those things, you know, start to look out of whack there, then you... Yeah, it, it's a reflection of, of what potentially you're going to be like as an employee, isn't it? If you can't if you can't get your own CV in order, then... It, it, so, so that's kind of a, a fairly small thing that, you know, can make you stand out from the pack, I suppose. Exactly. So, I mean, there are little things like how you format it and how it looks that catch your eye as a recruiter, right? Yeah. Um, so you just see a standard Word document that, you know, is fairly boring. Um, you know, Three different you fonts on there, no spacing, all that. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Or you see someone who's gone and got, you know, some of these great templates that you can get on Word yeah. and they've made it look really special. They've got, 
you know, highlighted, um, you know, bullet points of their key strengths and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're the things that catch your eye yeah. and you're sort of thinking, okay, cool. Okay, they've put a lot of thought into who they are and what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important. But, you know, the sort of things that I've been saying to people is, okay, like wh- where do you want to go next? Are you looking at like a similar position or do you want to, Uh, improve the role that you're in because if you do let's have a look at the sort of things that you could one be positioning your cv around so making sure that your cv is highlighting some of those areas that you're that you may potentially have experience in if it's a say you're going to a supervisory role and you had some acting supervisory experience or something like that or you've had some leadership experience make sure those sorts of things are highlighted but then also from a training perspective you know, what can you be doing right now whilst you're waiting for a job that can then help boost your CV in the future? And there are so many courses online yeah. at the moment that are free, so many webinars that you can be doing, so many of the product houses um, are yeah, offering absolutely. amazing courses at the moment. You know, you could just sit there every day. Uh, you could do a, a different webinar or a different course or or something like that that will then, you know, really add to your CV, give you, you know, relevant experience because yeah. a lot of times the uh, education uh, that we've done is years ago um, and so have some relevant uh, education and, you know, really start looking at what are the, the sorts of, um, I guess, education and qualifications that are going to help you in your next role Mm -hmm. if you're going to be a spa manager or director or a salon manager or whatever it is you want to get into a management position you know start looking at marketing and social media start looking at you know finance and p&ls and understanding that you know looking at um, some of the short courses of running a business because essentially even if you're in a hotel uh, operation of a spa or a salon or what have you you're running a, a business yeah. So you're absolutely. understanding how you can impact that whole uh, business unit is very helpful. And a lot of times, um, sadly, our industry has worked their way up. Not that that's sad, but, I mean, it's great that we have these opportunities, but they haven't mm-hmm. then essentially been given the tools or no, the training no, to be able to do it properly. So now, actually, there is the opportunity to be able to get some of that training in um, and have those qualifications that I think that then when jobs start opening up, you will be in front of the others because you've got these extra um, trainings on your CV. I think that's really sensible. I think there's, there's, you know, obviously it's a stressful time if you're out of work and you're looking for work, but, you know, as long as you're putting the effort, you've done your CV, you're putting the effort in, you're, you're applying for jobs, you know, in those other bits of time, it's absolutely fine to be, like you say, um, watching these free webinars, taking these free courses. And, and yeah. I know some people will see that as, as thinking, yeah, but I should be out there trying to get a job. But this is this is helping you do that. And, and especially, like you say, if you've got a goal for where you want to be, if you do those strategically, and then you actually bring those out on your CV and, and yeah. in the applications you're yeah, doing, exactly. that's only going to help. I've also um, given a couple of other suggestions, um, which hasn't actually... I, I thought it was a brilliant idea, but it seems <laughs> that no one really liked it. Go on. Um, but it was, you know, go and offer your services um, to a, a business that you essentially aspire to be part of. Yeah. Um, whether it's in a, sort of an intern type role or what have you, and just say, look, you know, I'm out of work at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go and work for, I don't know, Elmas or, um, you know, Sanctuary Spa. Actually, that's not that's not around anymore, is it? No. Uh, anyway, <laughs> a, 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 a pure spa, whatever, um, a spa company or what have you. Mm-hmm. Go in and like offer your services and support for 
a few weeks, a month or what have you um, and say to them, listen, I want some experience. I want to, I haven't done anything in front of house because I'm a yeah. therapist, what have you. Um, can I help you now? I'm not working at the moment. Um, this is a great opportunity for me to get my foot in the door. I'd really love to. I know that you probably can't afford to have me right now, um, but, you know, I'm willing to learn and I want to help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this this has fallen out of favor. I think it's a great idea. But, yeah. you, know, you know, 15, 20 years ago, this is, and, and even longer, this is how, you know, graduates used to get into the hmm. really bigger companies. They would exactly. you know, go and, like say, intern, offer their services for free, prove their worth. And then, you know, there was no guarantee of a job at the other side of it, but it, yeah. it would certainly stand you in greater stead than anyone else applying. So, Oh, exactly. Then, you but know, I was just thinking like, imagine you as a business owner, having someone come to help you now get through COVID the toughest time. Yeah. Um, the, the, how grateful you would be for that, to that person. Um, yeah. How much of it you would want to then reward them and look after them. Uh, you know, after when things are back on, on their feet. I mean, what, people have time. They're sitting at home watching Netflix. Um, you know, go and offer your support to some mm. of these businesses and help them get through it. And then you'll be amazed at then how uh, you will then uh, be, get your foot in the door, essentially, yeah. and and uh, potentially network and so forth. So Absolutely, I've suggested yeah. that to a few people and, um, yeah, they're not very keen. <laughs> Well, and, and you know what? It's it's again. It just comes down to doing a little bit more homework because you could. There are plenty of schemes. Certainly in the UK here, there are certain schemes that you can um, go and offer your services to a business, essentially for free. But there's there's funding available for that business to be able to give you some money, not not huge amounts of money. Yeah. Maybe not what you will be looking for from an actual job, but it doesn't even necessarily have to be working for free. Um, totally, so, it might yeah, it might cover your meals and your yeah. transport to get there. And, you know, you're doing it for a few months and great, you can get and you're by. getting that experience. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love yeah. that idea. Okay, mm. cool. Okay, so flipping it over then to the operator side of things and, and what's going on, you know, in their side of the world right now. Um, you well, know, obviously what I'm seeing the, the most is that owners, operators, managers, whatever it is, is are not communicating properly with their teams right. about what the situation is within the business. Mm-hmm. When are they going back onto full pay? When are they like? Why are they still on these sorts of salaries? Um, what you know? What is happening from a business perspective to help drive the business further? To help improve things? Um, and I think transparency is the key in these sorts of situations because uh, the employees, from what I'm seeing, they feel very uh, uneasy about the situation because yeah, they just don't know. They, They're sort they, of they out of control, really aren't they? Well, exactly. And and they can't see uh, any clarity around what they're doing, what the future holds for them. They think, you know, next week the, the business might be closed. We've got no idea. Um, so that does then impact their motivation to work. Uh, it impacts how they deal with customers, um, their mindset, all of these things, mm. which could quite easily be mitigated if we actually sat down with them and said, okay, guys, this is how we're tracking this mm. week. Um, we're good. Uh, we can see on the books we've got this much coming up for the next couple of weeks. I'm doing these sorts of uh, marketing and sales promotions, which I hope will bring in this. Um, we're okay in terms of cash in the bank for this much. We've got the government subsidies coming in for this. Um, you know what? I'm going to need you guys to step up and help me just to get through this. Da, da, da. You know, say these sorts of things to your team. Yeah. And 
you know, you get their buy-in mm. and they feel like they know what's happening and then you get so much more out of them. But I feel like sometimes, and, and I'm guilty of it myself, I don't want to worry them. I yes. don't want to be like, <laughs> I don't want to stress them out that there's like no money in the bank. But, mm. you know, it's it, it, if we actually were a little bit more transparent and trusted that our team would understand it and want to help us, mm-hmm. um, I think we would get way more out of everyone. And I so I right. feel like that that's a, a key thing that I'm, I'm seeing. Um, and then also it's sort of going back to what we talked about before in being a little bit more um, flexible in how we pay people and what we do. Mm-hmm. So even during this time, you know, if you if, if an owner of a, of a business or an operator of a business, you know, looks at really like what are the key um, I guess, fixed overheads that they need to get covered. And then, you know, what have they got left coming in? How could they potentially split that money up um, between the team in perhaps a different way? Um, you know, hourly rates might be something that they leave um, for now and they start looking at, you know, for every piece of business that the team member is bringing in um, and delivering, perhaps there's some way they could do something on that more so not necessarily just a revenue share, but more so giving them a cut of the like a, like a bonus uh, scheme, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and just helping them to see that you know it's we're all in this together. You know, we've got to cover these costs. We've we all need to have something. You know, I've got to pay my rent or whatever. But mm. we're all in this together. It's not just about me making sure that I've got profit in my pocket as a business owner. Mm-hmm. So I think um, that's really important um and then i guess just in the business on a day-to-day is making sure that you're checking in on your team members from um their their mental well-being you know, the, yeah. the amount of people that i'm coming across at the moment that um really are struggling and it, it's it, it might not even necessarily be the fact that they're not being paid properly or anything like that it might be what's happening in their personal lives but it it really impacts how they work and um, which in turn then impacts that the business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, if you, if you're not having daily chats about how everyone is, mm-hmm. um, and making that space that, for people to, to come with, with whatever is going on, because they might just need to speak to someone and whilst you may not directly be able to help just, just yeah. them to knowing that you to, understand yeah. can, yeah. can be the difference. Yeah, exactly. Because I think I think we we sort of underestimate what people are going through. You know, there's people that can't see their families because mm-hmm. um, they're stuck on the other side of the world. There's people yeah. that have family members that are sick. There are people that have family members that um, don't have lost their jobs. You know, all those sorts of things weigh on people's minds that then impact how they actually work. I was doing a business turnaround here um, in well in Abu Dhabi last week and the team members were amazing. They were so um, committed to the business, but they really weren't there half the time mentally because their heads were off worrying about the fact that they hadn't sent money home and that the kids were there and that they were in a location where there was a lot of COVID and the children were going to get sick. And that that's just where their heads were. They weren't, yeah. they were physically at work, but mentally they were off somewhere else. And, you know, just, I, I did one-on-ones with them. Um, they all cried, um, but essentially felt better after. I yeah. couldn't really do a lot to help them right then and there, but you know, it, it, it's important that we're having these conversations. Yeah, it's so true that that old adage of a, a problem shared is a problem halved is is so true. Just someone else 
just knowing that someone else understands what you're going through and and sort of it tells you that it's it's okay we're all kind of in the same position to some extent and and as well you know it's not always just about what's going on in people's lives right now i mean just just you know on the peripheries of things we know that the, the big seasons that are coming up, Christmas and all that, and are not going to be like they've been before. Mm. Um, you know, people over, over in different parts of the world are maybe not going to be able to make it home for Christmas. Even people who are yep. technically at home for Christmas, they're potentially not going to be able to see friends, not going to be able to see families as easily. Yep. So these are all things, yeah. like you say, that, that are sort of weighing on people's minds and and, and, yep. are, and are distracting them from what they're doing. So, so yeah, I think I, I think would... checking in with your team, like you said, making sure that you're you're keeping an eye on them, trying to keep morale higher and positivity and definitely sharing um, sharing what's going on. And I, I know a lot of managers as well will be like, well, but we don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, fine. But it comes down to transparency. Like you say, if yeah. you explain that to your team, not in a, not in a, well, I've got no idea what's going on sort of way, yeah. but in a, look, this is what we do know. But, you know, mm. things are changing yeah. all the time, you know. Yeah, exactly. Really but, but that's also having some empathy for the owners of a business as well yeah. in terms of like they probably don't know what they're doing. You know, half the time True. I've got no idea what I'm doing with my business <laughs> on a day-to-day and I'm like, well, what's, what's coming next? You know, I'm trying my best. And I think sometimes we also um, as employees seem to think that our um, bosses or owners yeah. or whatever are just like gurus and know absolutely everything. Yeah. And having a bit of empathy from both sides, I think, is is really important. Understand that not everyone is perfect, and we don't all know how to navigate COVID. I think I think it was really interesting. Um, over, during COVID, there were so many webinars on where we, there were all of these people, um, not just in the industry ones, but like global webinars where people would come in and talk about how to navigate your business through COVID. And mm. I quite honestly think no one really knew yeah. what they were talking about, to be honest. And it was all very well that we had like great senior people talking about how to navigate COVID. But I mean, who even knew? Like no one really knew what to do. I mean, there's a few basic things that we could all follow, but no one really has a clue what we're doing, right? So, no. yeah, we don't know how long this is going to last for. We don't know. Yeah, yeah there's, there's exactly. a lot of unknowns right now. But but all you can do is be honest, like you say, and just explain what you do know, what things are like right now, and and what the what the current plan is. And at least that'll that'll assuage people's fear. So so if businesses are looking to recruit at the moment, um, you know, what are the best ways? We've already mentioned about maybe being a bit more flexible with with people's working and hours and pay and things. What are any other things that people can do? The businesses well do. look i think it depends i mean it's challenging right now to find cash to pay for a recruiter mm-hmm. so i think um that's what i'm seeing at the moment you know everyone wants me to find them people but they don't necessarily want to pay for it <laughs> um which i get but you know it's the the time that we're taking or any other recruiters out there that are taking to find people is time that then the owner or the operator has to be able to help drive their business and focus on on what they want so um you know certainly that that's the reason why there are recruitment companies out there but you know you can quite easily utilize social media um to be finding the people that you need um uh, networks also um going out and uh putting out these posts and then saying you know if you've got any friends or family or what have you uh we've done something here in dubai where and actually it would work anywhere in the uk um saying is there uh any um, you know, mothers, um, wives, or it doesn't obviously have to just be women, but people who are not working um, that want to do some part-time work 
and um, are really looking at wanting to get back in and do a few hours a a week whilst their kids are at school or what have you, um, that can help bring some cash back in. For example, we need receptionists here, we need managers, we need therapists, um, and we can't necessarily fly them in from anywhere. Um, So it actually, it also may uh, apply in the UK where, you know, you might need just um, therapists on the weekend or therapists during the busy times um, that you could start getting some part-time people uh, rather than having to go down the traditional route of, of hiring someone full-time, just being a right. little bit more flexible. Okay, um, that's flexible on both sides because that, that might work really well for someone who's not got a huge amount of time because they're looking after kids and things like that, but, yeah. but you know, they want to get and back I'm sure it, so. I'm sure they, yeah, some ca- extra cash would be helpful yeah. right now, right? Okay. Um, but then also thinking outside the box and, you know, there might be um, someone who has been out of work because they've been raising kids or what have you and, wants to go back a few days a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, maybe they've never run a salon before or maybe they've never been a receptionist before, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that you can train people yeah. uh, and give them opportunities to get back into the workforce. Um, and so if it's a matter of saying, oh, there's no one good out there, um, I think it's, you know, let's think outside the box and say, okay, hold on, you know, why don't we start looking down this avenue because there are people who really want to work um, yeah. and that you can train up. So looking at, you know, the attitude and, um, past experiences and going from there which I think is important you're right and I think social media and, and local networks are, are really important because like you said if people are people are not as willing to travel as before then just looking in your local area is likely to yield you know as, as good results as, as like you say putting national adverts and, and things oh, out there yeah 100% yeah absolutely so yeah I'd say that's probably the key things to look at at the moment um, you know there there are people um I think also actually, hold on, uh, associations as well. So looking at, and I'm sure you guys uh, with UK Spar Association are getting lots of people sending CVs in. What I've seen is, you know, reach out to your local associations and mm-hmm. see if there's been some good profiles come in of people that have been let go yep. um, and share them around. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're probably the key things that I would say to have a look at. Awesome. So, I know we've we already just said it's it's almost impossible to know what's happening next week, let alone a bit further down the line. But, you know, what other challenges and, and things can you foresee happening in the world of HR sort of, I don't know, over the next three to six months, maybe even out to a year? Look, I think we, as a business owner, you need to, if, you, if you're an operator of a salon or a spa or clinic or what have you, I just I think you need to be really careful to make sure that you understand exactly what it is that your customer is looking for right. rather than making assumptions um, and hiring accordingly. So mm-hmm. know what it is that your people are looking for. Do they want to have the services in their homes? Do they want to have it uh, in the salon or in a clinic? How are they feeling about being in the clinic? What do you need to do to be able to get to keep that business mm-hmm. and to get them coming back. And then from a therapist perspective or the person that's delivering those services, you then need to be looking at, you know, how it is that you are um, managing those people. So if they have to go out and do home services, uh, because maybe that's the only way to keep the business afloat, mm-hmm. are they okay with doing that? Uh, how do you set it up so that they feel confident and safe to be able to go to people's houses? Right. You know, what what do they have on to be able to make sure that they feel okay to go out there? What processes are there to follow so that, you know, they're not going to get infected and so forth? And I think it's it's just it's about making sure that we, we just pay attention to the details 
and we look at what people want and we then uh, follow uh, accordingly because I think sometimes we don't necessarily understand what our individual business needs and we run off and listen to what everyone else is doing and if you have a business you know you should know what your business needs you should know what your team's like you should know where your strengths and weaknesses are Um, and it's about finding that out and knowing who is going to help you get through it and not and if you do need to recruit it's doing your strengths and weaknesses of your business and the team and saying okay these are the positions I need to fill you know I need perhaps if you have to start doing home services or something then it's about having someone who's stronger at you know, doing the coordination and management. Um, maybe if it's having more people coming into the salon and a few other salons around um, or spas around have closed down already, it's looking at now where are the gaps? Are there services that are no longer available? Um, if you're smart, you then go and start recruiting that those particular services or bringing on those particular services hmm. that are now missing in the market. But it's, it, I, it's not burying your head in the sand and hoping this thing's going to go away. It's no, making sure that you're, you're on the, the ball with your business every single day, I think, is, that's, is key. That's really true. It's funny how, so um, it, I, can't, I can't remember the order that these are coming out in the week, but we were talking about um, PR the other day with Petra Clayton and, and this came out there that maybe, you know, maybe your, your client hasn't changed. The, the clients that you're attracting are still the same people, but their needs may have changed. So even though you're still, you know, wanting to work with the same clients, how you actually yes. serve them may have changed. So th- this comes down to yeah. um, that was obviously looking very much from a PR and a marketing point of view, yes. but you're absolutely right. You need to make sure that any shifts you make in your business work for your team and they're comfortable with that. And if not, maybe you yeah. need to hire for, for those. So that's really, really good yeah. advice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any, any final thoughts to leave us with Catherine before we wrap up? Look, I mean, only just to recap over the fact that right now we're all a little bit um, mentally <laughs> mentally stretched. <laughs> mentally, we're all feeling it at we're the moment. We're at capacity. Yeah. 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 And and the fact that, you know, the, what we've seen, and especially in the UK, we've seen that the governments don't necessarily understand our industry and don't Absolutely. necessarily understand what we're doing. And that sort of pressure uh, is very frustrating. And um, I think it's just to have a little bit of empathy for everyone Mm -hmm. and to realise that we're not all, you know, maybe you're strong, but that doesn't mean that the other person is and that we should all just have a little bit of empathy for the other person and and really think about where they are at in their lives and and, um, not expecting that everyone um, is going to be firing on all cylinders because they're not. Um, You know, I get frustrated when, you know, people don't respond to me quickly with, you know, responses for CVs and jobs and things like that. And, you know, I often just have to take a step back and go, okay, hold on. Yeah. You know, we're not all in the same place. The yeah. People are dealing with lots of stuff and we just don't know how long that's going to go for. No. So I think it's, um, you know, communication, um, asking people how they are uh, and, you know, going from there. That's, that's all I can see is that that's how we're going to understand, one, what the people that we're employing need so that we then know how to structure our businesses and our employment moving forward. Um, And two, then also know how to deal with our customers, right? If we don't have this communication and transparency, then we're not going to get very far. Um, So, yeah, I I just hope that we can all kind of manage to continue 
along this path of getting back on track. Well, hopefully, yeah. Well, Catherine, thank you very much for sharing your time with us again um, and giving us this uh, this insight and this knowledge. Um, if people want to find out more about Spark Connectors and Hall of Wellness, where are the best places for them to go? Well, sparkconnectors.com. Uh, plus all of our, yeah, it's very easy. Plus all of our social media platforms. We share a lot of content, a lot of articles, cool. a lot of industry news and so forth. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, if, if they ever need anything, they can always just jump on and uh, and email us. And then hallofwellnessawards.com as well. So quite quite straightforward. Remind us again, when, when, are, the, uh, when are the announcements and the awards for Hall of Wellness? So the awards announcement is on December the 4th. And so right. we're putting together a very exciting array of entertainment discussions Excellent. uh sponsors partners obviously the award part is going to be exciting yeah. uh, but it will be virtual and it will be in different time zones around the world over a period of we were doing 12 hours but we're just looking at it now i might need to condense it a little bit but we're filling up the the hours the minutes making sure that we've got some really cool content so people can sign on and watch that at, at, at any time and so yeah we're excited about putting this on first year let's see hopefully we uh I'm sure you will. I'm sure it'd be great fun. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you again, Catherine. Um, All the best with that. Um, I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Um, And uh, once again, thank you for, for your time. Thank you so much for having me. A huge thanks to Catherine for sharing her expertise once again with us on the show. Now, I really hope that's given you some ideas, some inspiration, some food for thought. You know, does this apply to you, possibly to your business? What can you take away from this? And most importantly, take some action on. Now, I've said this already this week, putting together an entire week's worth of guest and podcast topics is no small feat. And without the amazing team of people responsible for National Spa Week on the board of the UK Spa Association, it simply would not happen. So thank you to them. And also thank you to my own team who have worked their socks off to put together these episodes to bring you every single day this National Spa Week. Now, the UK Spa Association not only creates events like National Spa Week every year to help the industry grow, but they fight for the industry throughout the UK. And that's something that has become just so incredibly important over this last year. Now, I know that right now, as of this episode, most parts of the UK and Europe, possibly other areas, are currently under enforced closure and you're not able to see your clients right now. But I can hand on heart say that if it wasn't for the continued assistance that we've given to government and the pressure that we've applied here in the UK, then spas and beauty businesses would not have been able to open for business when they did. And we'd certainly not be quite so much on the radar for financial support as we are right now either. And that's not just for the UK. The work we've done here has definitely helped influence decisions made in other parts of the world as well. Now, the UK Spa Association will, of course, support and fight for you, fight for your business and for your team. But we need your support as well. And there's no doubt that together we are far, far stronger. So if you're in the UK and you're not already a member of the UK Spa Association, then please go to www.spa-uk.org and either sign up today as a member or register your interest and we'll send you out some more information. Now, the website is also where you can find more supporting information about today's topic of HR and recruitment, as well as more information about what's coming up for the rest of this week. Now, on that note, tomorrow here on the podcast, we are talking all about PR and comms. And I'll be the first to admit that I get tripped up by exactly what constitutes marketing that we talked about yesterday, and then what becomes involved when it comes to PR and comms. Not to mention what to actually focus on right now in your public relations and communications activities. Now, I will also admit to being excited about tomorrow's guest because I've been trying to get her on the show for the past year. 
ever since I saw her speak at an in-person event, remember those, about PR and I thought she was amazing. So make sure you join me for that one. If you don't want to miss out on any of the podcast episodes this week, no problem. In whatever podcast app you are listening to me on right now, just click on the subscribe button and you'll not only get a notification as soon as the next episode is released, but you'll be able to check out all of the other episodes that have come before this one. There's quite a few of them. So that's it for me for now. I will see you tomorrow for the next episode of the podcast.